Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan presents Football at Four. Here's The Drive. The NFL starts tonight. The boy D-Mac, Matt Smith, KJ, Drew back in the, in the mizzle. Didn't you say you had some breaking news here? Yeah, I... I'm, I'm itching to know what it is. You didn't I'm, tell I'm, me I'm over the break, it. so let's go. I'm setting it up there, Matt. Matt. Come on. Ants in the pants. Mancy. Ants in the pants, Matt's mess. Nebraska week. I'm just going to be ants. I feel like just doing more different stuff. I was going to say, the NFL, I really, you didn't let me take a breath. What am I supposed to do with Matt over here, man? What am, what am, I, what am I supposed to do? Tell me supposed to get to the breaking news. What am I supposed to do with this guy, Matt Smith? I don't know, man. I'm going to see man. which one of these buttons work over here. Uh, <laughs> uh, you keep pushing. Ian Rappaport, uh, Chief star Travis Kelsey, out tonight. Adjust your fantasy lineups He's accordingly. Out. According to Ian Rappaport, Travis Kelsey is out against the Lions. Holy cow. He may give it another try before kickoff. I mean, I, don't, I guess it's going to work out, but Ian Rappaport is saying he's out tonight. Uh, either way, the bone bruise should not keep him out long term. But Ian Rappaport, as of 15 minutes ago, is saying Travis Kelsey is out. Well, let's see what the line moved. Because it moved from 6.5 down to 4.5 when it was announced that he may not play. Now that he's not playing, I wonder if that's down to a field goal game. I mean, think about who's going to be catching passes for Patrick Mahomes tonight. Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Sky Moore are his starting receivers. That is rough. Hey, let's go. Come on, Lions. Yeah. Who's a Lions fan? Let's eat some kneecaps tonight. Let's Let's go. go. Broncos fans should love this. It's down to four. It's already moved down a half a point. So the Chiefs are just a four-point favorite at home tonight. We'll have the game right here on the fan as uh, we got Thursday night football. This game's on regular TV tonight, right? We got the uh, NBC on this one? Yeah. It better be. Got my guy, Tariko, on the call here. We with the, you know, right? I hope so. It better be. It's not going to confuse my grandmother looking at Amazon Prime. You know, whatever that is. We're we're waiting on those games. Boy, now that makes me second guess how I want to play this King Supers fan football pick'em. Because tonight starts my road to repeat. Is this going to change things for you? Unlike the avalanche, I'll get it done. Okay. Wow. Well, just shots over the bow. Yeah. Well, let's go. Let's yeah. put a, let's put a cup contender back together. Are sh- so, are you telling me nobody from uh, either team is gonna is, is gonna be scurried off by security? No. Take let's it hope out, not. Take it to a plane to parts unknown. The day of the game? No, I I don't think so. My name's on the cup. We got two weeks away from uh, Avs training camp. Oh, I know. They're down there. Everybody's back. I know. They're just skating around. Yeah, if you want to go watch the Avs and Family Sports, you can literally go down there like any morning. And McKinnon and Rantanen, they're all back. Yeah, yeah. Is Val back? Uh, Val, Val, I don't believe I've heard that Nachushkin is back yet. Okay. No, no. How does that go? How does how's that re-entry in the locker room? How does that one? Hey. Hey. Val. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Who was that, Malkin saying hi to him? I thought that was Val. Hello, everyone. How are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Malkin's back in the Swedish what, thing. What I, what I, what I miss out on? Mm-hmm. Do you guys miss me? What's up? Would that be funny if Val just what's came up? What's up? Hey, Nate, what's up? Can't do that. Can't do that. Hey, Migo, what's up? That's a good point, KJ. That is a because re- because we're two weeks away from uh, having to figure out how that's going to play out. Oh my gosh! All right, um, Mike Kliss, our guy, talking to Jerry Judy today. "Quote: I just have to 
consistently feel good throughout practice every day. Just keep getting better and better as long as I feel good on Sunday. We'll see what happens. I'm being 100% smart about it. I've got to listen to my body. If I feel good, I'm good. If I don't, then I don't. It all depends on how I feel. I just want it to feel like nothing's going to hinder me. I want to feel that confidence, the explosiveness, the cuts. If I feel good and just feeling more comfortable, that's what I'm focusing on right now. How about that one, man? Yeah, it's a big deal. We may have Jerry Judy on Sunday. Well, it- Woo! You know, they may have left the door open for that, the way they constructed the 53-man roster. This is interesting, too. Judy, quote, I mean, it's my body, it's how I feel, so I feel like it's my decision. That's a little bit of the Jamal Murray sort of uh, setup right there. As a coach, that's how you want to play it, too. Well, that kind of means if if he's talking like that, that feels to me like he's been given the thumbs up by the training staff. Hey, if you you think you can go, go. Yeah, it's just a pulled hammy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, look, if the hammy feels better, let's go. I mean, Fascinating. They picked up his fifth-year option. This is a massive season for Jerry Judy, and Judy has had a bad camp, flat out. He did not have a good training camp. When you look at his contemporary in Justin Jefferson, and it's not just a couple of moments. I know Judy had some good moments. Jefferson was eating entire days, dominating mm-hmm. entire days. If Judy wants a big payday, this is the year, man. This is the year. Here is uh, Joe Lombardi about Judy's progress. I guess the uh, when you first saw it happen, you know, we, we all certainly had a sinking feeling. Um, and then when we got the initial reports, it, it maybe didn't sound as bad as, as maybe we thought it was going to be. So didn't know, still don't know, um, you know, when he's going to be back. But, but I think certainly sooner rather than later compared to maybe what we thought when we first saw the injury. How big of an impact would the presence of Jerry? Let's just assume if he's back, he's at full strength. It'd be a huge impact. That's your number one receiver. I mean, he's probably the most dangerous player on your football team. Jaleel McLaughlin's probably in that conversation now. He's probably got to prove it in the regular season first. But as far as outside talent, you're talking about a team right now that outside of Judy, if Judy's not active, you have three active receivers on the roster. You're going to have to make some moves and call-ups from the practice squad. Now, if he does play, you still have to make a call-up, but you probably only call up little Jordan Humphrey as opposed to having to call up two dudes. Yeah, it makes a huge impact. It changes your game plan. It changes the way you want to do things because it affects everybody's role. Man, I'm seeing this quote. I'm hearing the reports about him. We'll see. I think he's going to play. I will see. We'll see. I mean, you're saying it's it's my body. It's yeah. how I feel. It's my decision. Yeah, but it might be blowing a little smoke, too. Hey, you, you don't want to miss the first game of the year, man. If you're feeling up to it, you're feeling good to go. The but, excitement, the all of that, the... I don't know. I, I think he's going to, based on this, it feels like to me he's going to go. I wouldn't hold him out just because I was uncomfortable. If he told me that he was ready mm. and I've seen him run full speed, yeah, he's playing. Because you know why? You need all hands on deck here. I agree. All hands on deck. I agree. I mean, what are you waiting for? The, the Hackett route where you're no, waiting to have your players healthy into the final few months of the season? No. No. You know, I think there's got to be – I think it does make some sort of sense to have some form of balance getting your guys up to speed. I think you. I think there is something to be in serious NFL game shape. I mean, what Travis Hunter was able to do is – He is an animal. I mean, it's He's kind of – He's a machine. Of, it's absurd. Machine. But nobody would recommend that. 
Just because you can do it, nobody would recommend it. I mean, that is throwing a pitcher out like a Japanese high school pitcher throwing 178 pitches. Yeah, he's not your average bear. Uh, Okay, fine, but he's still a human being, correct? They will manage him more effectively throughout the rest of the year. But they were going to do whatever it took till the wheels fell off to win in Fort Worth. I promise that. Uh, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Because he does. He won't have the same. He played 147 snaps. Uh, yeah. That's, it's, it it was, was it 147? 147, but it was technically 151 because four plays got called back. That is just bananas. But that being said, in NFL season, most games in the NFL are close no matter what. So if you had that same mentality... I don't think you could do I know you couldn't do it in an NFL season. Too many games, too close, can't do it. But I was looking at the schedule. I'm like, what are we talking about? Like eight games that he'd have to do that? Travis? Yeah. Oh, gosh. He's not even going to practice Monday and Tuesday all year. No, but like how many games do you think he would really have to do that for them to compete? The rest of the year. To compete for what? To win the game. To compete. See, you would need him to do that so they could compete and try to beat the other team. I understand. You probably don't need to do that against... Well, you definitely won't need to do that against CSU. I don't think you're going to need to do it against ASU. I don't think you you're, you will have to do that against Stanford. Here's where it, here's what it comes down to. When those opportunities pre- present themselves to get him a little rest, you take them. I agree. Yeah. So I think it's probably like eight more times he may have to do something like that. Yeah, but... and you It know, still but, sounds crazy, but it doesn't sound undoable. If you told me he's going to have to do that for 17 games over the course of nine straight years... That's bananas. Of course. That's insane. That's not sustainable. But can he do it for eight more games this year? I think he can. Yeah. I think he can, too. Yeah. It's going to be a grind, though. I mean, everyone everyone after the game was saying, well, look at him dancing in the locker room. You know, the guy feels no pain. He's not tired. No, Travis is tired. He was limping walking into the postgame. Like, it takes a toll on you. Is he, a, is he a corner or receiver in the NFL? He's a, he's a corner that plays situationally, I think, as receiver. But I will say that I think... He is the first corner that I think if you put another really good summer of receiver work in, could actually play both ways. Well, speaking of uh, the top line corners, going to hear from Patrick Sertan about Devontae Adams. Mm, that's going to be a great matchup. Ooh, it wasn't so great. I mean, it was kind of okay the first time around, and then it was just bad the second time around. I have a reason why this year it's not going to be as scary as it was last we'll year. We'll find out what that is coming up next. 104.3 The Fan. Let us know what the vibe was inside the Broncos locker room. We got the coordinators, VJ. How are you going to slow down Josh Jacobs? Yeah, yeah he, he's a good back, you know, and obviously good players make plays. Thank you, VJ. Appreciate that. Um, Jacobs has had a, a nice run, but that's not the matchup that scares me the most, Matt. To me, it's what's the combination going to be like with Devontae Adams and Jimmy Garoppolo? Are they going to be able to figure this uh, bad boy out? And listen, Pat Sertan is all everything. We get it. But the two games against the Raiders last year, both losses, one in overtime, were pretty rough. Pat Sertan about Devontae Adams. Um, I just think that he's uh, a technician out there. Um, you know, he's been in the league for some time now, so he's very smart uh, in his craft. And, um, you know, with guys like that, you got to watch a lot of film on them, uh, get a beat on it. So um, by the time the game comes, you already know the next move. Okay, and about following them around? You know, we got a pretty good scheme going on defensively uh, against their offense because it's not only me and uh, Devontae. It's just collectively as a unit coming together to shut down the offense. You know, they got other players too as well too, so 
you know, that's the main thing we've got to focus on, coming together collectively as a unit. Well, it was Josh McDaniels last year too, Matt. And the first game, the Raiders beat the Broncos 32-22 there in, uh, in Vegas. Uh, 32-23, rather. And in that particular game... Javante Williams got hurt. Randy Gregory got hurt. Okay. uh, Devontae Adams. Here we go. Devontae Adams, nine catches for 101 yards. Uh, Even had a a rushing attempt. Patrick Sertan, you know, a lot of action in that particular game. Eight total tackles, six solo. Padded, uh, uh, defended two passes, like... As a corner, you know, hey, that's that's probably all right. Didn't go your way in terms of the score of the game, did it, as the Raiders beat you, you know. But, okay, to me that's kind of, um, hey, good game for Devontae Adams, probably pretty good game for Patrick Sertan overall. But it's not like Sertan dominated. But, you know, Adams didn't, you know, have the best game either. Good game by both, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't the reason they lost. That was Josh Jacobs in, in Vegas last year. Now, when they came back to Denver... Let's talk about that one. That's a different story. Now, that's an overtime game. Overtime game. Both teams with pathetic records. They walked them off. Three yeah. and seven. They walked it off with Devontae Adams. Yep. And everybody knows the play. And uh, and Devontae Adams had a spectacular game. I mean, not a good game in that one, but a spectacular game. Seven catches, 141 yards, two touchdowns, and the walk-off game one and one for 35 yards. The deep ball, right? The deep ball. And in that game, he averaged 20 yards per catch. And that's where I think the difference comes with this Raiders offense this year. That's why I think it's a bit of a different game plan from Vegas is because Jimmy G does not have Derek Carr's arm. Jimmy G is going to be operating 20 yards and in where Derek Carr was probably throwing those intermediate to longer routes and had a little bit better chemistry. The one thing I'm not worried about is Jimmy G beating the Broncos deep. Let me point something out, though. And that game, that second game, so I gave you all the great numbers from PS2 and Game 1 against the Raiders. Game 2, and that was at home. That's in Colorado. Two tackles, and that's it. No other numbers for Pat Sertan. It was his worst game of the year. And he got eaten alive by Devontae Adams. This is Josh McDaniels game planning to go against Sertan, not ignore him. So, to me, this game more or less comes down to two things, three things, three things. Can you control Max Crosby? That's number one. And not. That's number one. I don't know if that's number one. It is. Well, let me go over my three things, and then then we can have a a conversation about it. Can you control Max Crosby? Second is, what can you can you handle Josh Jacobs? I really don't care if Josh Jacobs runs for like a hundred yards. I mean, so what? You know, if that's all that you got going on, all right. I'm not number one to me is not Max Crosby. Number one to me is can you figure out a way to control Devontae Adams and make sure Garoppolo to Devontae Adams doesn't kill you again. I understand what you're saying about Max Crosby, and I put Josh Jacobs probably at three. I don't really give a – I don't care if he goes for more than 100 yards. I'm going to watch myself. Mm-hmm. But I do care that Patrick Sertan has the game that he did against Devontae Adams the first time around, not the second time around. I feel you with Max Crosby, but I just think that is so obvious in how they're going to handle it. I just don't think it's going to be that big of an issue. How are they going to handle it? Uh, everything we've seen in camp. It's quick looks, slants, yeah. dump-offs, 
you know, not not much to think about for us. I imagine that Adam Troutman will be helping out, and Chris Manhurts probably will be helping out a lot with Max Crosby, but he is the one that can wreck your game. The Broncos averaged 16.9 points per game last year, but their game script score was minus 3.36, which means you're trailing by more than a field goal on average. It changes the way you do everything. It changes the way the defense plays. It changes your offensive game plan. And for Denver this year, I think their defense is definitely good enough to keep them in games, but they're going to have to score to win. That's just the bottom line. You can't score 16.9 points per game and expect to have a successful season. Here's Sertan talking about playing the Raiders. Yeah, it's, it's an exciting game for us as a team. Um, obviously, it's a division opponent uh, early on in the season, week one. So it should be very exciting for us. You know what I mean? So um, we will be put to the test early, but, you know, we're ready for it. Sertan's a great player, but he's not going to make the Hall of Fame for sound bites. That's for sure. No, he's not a good quote. He's not a good quote. <laughs> but I, I will say, to, to further my point a little bit, if you keep Devontae Adams within 20 yards of the line of scrimmage and don't get beat deep, that's a huge step right there because Devontae's going to have his 75 to 100 yards. He's too good of a player. He'll get his. But Sertan, I thought, in the first game, there was a really tight battle. He ended up with nine catches on 13 targets, but compared to game two where he averaged 20 yards per catch, in game one he only averaged 11 yards per catch. Mm-hmm. And it was a much, it was a much different feel to but that But isn't one. it interesting? Like, hey, they study tape too. So Josh McDaniel saw something. Oh, Josh yeah. McDaniel saw something. Well, he saw Kareem Jackson losing a step is what he saw. All right. That was what happened. If, if no memory time. serves, that, that's what happened on that on that play, the walk-off TV. Oh, I don't know, Matt. We can go back and look at it. It was Sertan right there on his on his hip, too. I think uh, Sertan zigged and uh, Devontae Adams zagged. Yeah, but you still should have someone over the top. Uh, okay. And yeah. Listen, it's Devontae Adams. It, like, if Hunter Renfro is going to beat you, fine. Uh, I guess so be it. You know, if Waller, he's not with him now. But if he beats you, I, I, you know, okay. But if you're just getting your clock cleaned by clearly their best player in Devontae Adams, you got nobody to blame but yourself. Who's a better player, Derek Carr or Jimmy G? I think they're about the same. Derek Carr. Derek no, Carr's a better player. I think they're about the same. New Orleans could have gone out and gotten Jimmy G. Yeah, okay. You Derek Carr's a better player. That. Well, your opinion is, your opinion is Carr. My opinion is they're about the same. I mean, you can look at other Jimmy G numbers, man. Skill sets are different. I'll tell um, you, you know what Jimmy G knows how to do in the NFL? Win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You can say whatever you want about him. He lost here last year. Hey, man, and I don't even know what it is. Can you look up Jimmy G's win-loss? Like, what is his win-loss? It's probably pretty damn good. <laughs> I bet it is. He played with a great team. He's not going to have that in Vegas. He's not going to have a defense that can go out and hey, man, get another were, team the, off the, the, the field. The Raiders were 3-7 and seven facing a 3-7 and seven Broncos team. They were both lousy. Yeah. And and the Raiders, you know, came away with two. The Raiders were lousy last year, too, and they beat the Broncos twice. Broncos beat the Niners Hold with the, Jimmy G 11-10. Uh, KJ, what? Say that again. 53-21. and 21. Oh, on the air. On the air. Yeah, 53-21. and 21. Yeah. Jimmy G is what? 53-21. and 21. Jimmy G is 30 games 50, over 500. That is psychotically good. It's Kyle Shanahan, baby. That is 53-21. and 53-21. and tw- and, he, and he's got eyes like that? Wow. <laughs> Guy's got everything. He's got, he's got it all. You got it, baby. <laughs> As he infamously said to Aaron Andrews. Total okay. package. All right, baby. He smolders like a tire fire. What can no I say? No doubt about it, man. 50, I didn't know it was that good. 53 and 21. 
They've been a hell of a team for a long time. Okay, There's man. a reason why he let them to. Hey, uh, please. I'm sorry. Uh, what's Derek Carr's overall win-loss? Yes, before he tells you. I'd say it's going to be something like uh, 62 and 50, something like that. I bet it's like 40%. 40% what? 40%. Probably just a little under 500. Under five. Oh, you think he's under 500? Yeah. All right, well, I put him over 500. What do you got, KJ? Oh, boy. You, man, nailed it, Matt. 63 and 79. Bam. Wow. Bam. Yeah, right there. Yeah. But you, but he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, look at the teams. It's not just so, about but, but win-loss. I'm, I'm sorry. What? Look at the team. What are you talking about? San Francisco's a much better team than Vegas. Over the time they played? What else do you got that Derek Carr is better than Jimmy Garoppolo? Like I mean, just better arm talent. Yeah, that's it. Okay, based. So what? What? What can I look at? What numbers provide that example? Like what is this? Just deep balls. Just deep you balls. You probably have to go look at passes I, over test. twenty. You probably have to go uh, look at passes over twenty yards. Uh, I'll take the guy who's who's just knows how to win in the NFL is a better quarterback. I just said that there's a reason why I'm not as frightened of Devontae Adams beating you deep, and that's because Jimmy like, doesn't. have I don't want to give Josh McDaniels any freaking credit because I can't stand Hurricane Josh. But to think that he isn't a astute evaluator of the offensive system and quarterbacks is a little foolish. And and if they wanted Derek Carr to be there, I think Derek Carr would still be there. Yeah, they, they'd have no figured question. it out. No question. No question. They also had to pay him like $40 million. Now, did McDaniels run Cutler out of town? Yeah. But you know what? He was right to run, run Cutler out of town, sort so of. He might have been right to run Derek Carr out of town. There were fans in Vegas the last few years. I mean, there's, don't, there's, don't they're like split down the middle. Matt, you either hate them or you love them. Don't forget, McDaniels drafted Tim Tebow. I remember. He I knows remember it well. He, he knows QBs. He knows, QBs. he knows talent. I'll kill you with truth next. Feels great, baby. I'm just an old truth teller. It's time for DMAC to kill you with truth. I want the truth. Tell the truth. And the truth shall set you free. On the drive. This is going to sound strange, but when it comes to the Raiders and the Broncos, the person that the most pressure on isn't Sean Payton. It's not Russell Wilson. It's not Randy Gregory. This is going to sound odd, but the most pressure is on Patrick Sertan. Listen, if you're going to be the best in the world at what you do, you need to have your best games against the best opponents. And there should be some juice. And this is a weird one because who in the world is going to criticize Patrick Sertan? But the truth is, the last stinging memory is Devontae Adams celebrating in your own end zone after you had arguably your worst game as a pro. So get that chip on your shoulder, PS2. And while everybody celebrates how amazing he is, because he rightfully so is, and back up the Brinks truck for whatever that's going to be. When we see these numbers for Bosa and... Other fellas, I mean, what in the world are you going to have to pay Patrick Sertan? But this is when you need the greatest guy in the world in games just like this. This is the time. So never mind about having a bad game here or a bad game there. You want to be the best in the world and you need to prove it? Then this is the game that you need to have that impact on the team. The cliche is he takes away half the field. You just have to keep away whatever part of the field Devontae Adams is. And if you can do that then you probably will be all right. Even in a game where Devontae Adams ate your lunch, the game went into overtime, and you you know, you could have won at least. So the pressure is on Patrick Sertan to shut down Devontae Adams, and that's the truth. And that's the one question I really don't know if it's going to happen or not. 
which is crazy because of how good PS2 is. I challenge Patrick Sutan, my man, to develop that chip. And when we see in the Wickersham article that the Broncos, Matt, were what, letting down and didn't have energy? Hey, Pat Sertan, be him. Be him, PS2. And let's see you get it Sunday. And that's the truth, Matt. I don't know. I don't know if it is. I think the most pressure's on Russ. I think that's where the most pressure is. You are going to see a remarkably relaxed and poised Russ who's going to have a very steady hand and very positive performance. I'm going to see a relaxed Russ in the preseason. Saw Russ that had to run a lot because he was under a lot of pressure yeah, from second and third teams. They, they were, they, they're going to run the ball more, more effectively with shorter passes to their running backs. Play action. All of that. You are pocket. What, do you think he, Sean Payne's going to be surprised by Max Crosby? No, but I still think that there's more pressure on Russ because he looked like trash last year. He's not going to look like trash. He's going to have a good game, and the Broncos are going to win this one 30-17. So I think, as I'm challenging Patrick Sertan against Devontae Adams, I think he's going to come through. I think the Broncos are going to come through, and you know what would be awesome? And this is what I'm hoping, that it's Patrick Sertan who gets that pick six when the game's 23-17 in the last couple minutes and takes it to the house. And I guess that's exactly what I'm predicting. So while I'm saying the pressure is on Patrick Sertan, I'm also predicting he's going to come through big time, bigly. That'd be wonderful because they need to turn the ball over more. And with VJ's defense, they're going to take more chances, which means you're probably going to generate more turnovers, but you also might get beat on a few plays. So let's just hope you're on the safe side of that on I, Sunday. I am hoping the Wednesday butt kicking the Rams served up to the Broncos in that joint practice, well documented now by Seth Wickersham. You want to be inside the building? Well, just read that article by Seth. Look, the 2022 Ford Bronco already drove off the cliff. Last season is over, according to Sean Payton, who showed the team a video of a 2022 Ford Bronco driving off a cliff to signify the death of last year. Did he take the rear view mirrors off so we're not looking backwards, too? The rear, the rear view I mirrors mean, got knocked off I know on we, the descent. We established Compete Street with the media, and you got the media penned in. As opposed with, to Sesame Street, as Troy, as Troy <laughs> likes to say. Oh, there you go. There Hacking you go. Tickle me, Elmo. I believe the Broncos are going to have the right emotion, the right motivation. I th- I'm, I'm knocking on wood and hoping that Wednesday butt-kicking really served a more significant purpose that we just can't we've got to come out with more energy and we've got to finish better well if you don't come out with energy for week one that's on you then we got a different problem but i don't think that pressure is going to be on russ i really don't i i really think he's going to be in a more man there was a lot more pressure last year you're opening in seattle you're running the team you're having tuesday meetings i mean what's the biggest question about the broncos this year uh, Russ is the biggest question, but I'm just not. I, I I think that's going to be answered relatively easily. I hope I so. I think Russ is going to have a really good season, but I don't think it's going to be like incredibly spectacular. I think it's going to be a well balanced, successful season for Russell Wilson. But he also has to prove to the organization that he is that dude as well. Yeah, but Matt, he's it's 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 the a lot of the choices are just going to simply be taken out of his hands and it's going to be so much more simple for him to I mean, unless Russ is like and I don't think he's incompetent. I don't. I don't. But he would have to be just like the way he played last year. Daft to to play like he played last year and to he'd he'd have to be 
directly going against what Sean Payton is trying to coach him. But does it and I mean, just don't think that's going to happen. But does it mean that it's good enough to stick around? Or are you making a cameo appearance here? That's the difference. Because you're I right. I think he's going to stick around. Because he can be better, but it still can fall short of good enough. Well, I think they're going to win nine games at least. I hope ten, but I think they're going to win at least nine. Are you up to nine now? Yeah, well, I predicted ten and seven. But that was before Tim Patrick got hurt. And Well, you can have a freedom I to gotta change figure, that. i got to figure out how they're going to. See, here's what I did. There's zero chance I'm going to pick them to lose against the Raiders the last game of the season. My, my homer instincts have kicked in massively. The last game? I just can't do it. We're talking about the first game. No, I know, but that's why I've got them with ten wins. Because when we were doing all those predictions, I had them at nine, and then we're up to the Raiders game, and I just can't pick them to lose that. So here is what I said. So i got to figure it out a different way. But I think they win nine, and hopefully if they get a little bit lucky, they can win ten. Here is where I'm at with the schedule prediction now, after training camp, after preseason. I want you to look at that schedule that you have right there, and all I want you to tell me are slam dunk wins. Just tell me slam dunk wins. I can't give you any slam dunk wins. There's zero slam dunk wins. At Houston? No. No, man, they, they, Matt, they, they, they won. I mean, every game was, like, within seven points last year. So my point there's, is. I don't think there's – there's not a lot of you – think the, you think the Chiefs are a slam dunk against the Lions tonight? No, not no without way. Travis Kelsey. Yeah, but, like, what slam dunk games are there ever in the NFL? There are definitely games on the Chiefs' schedule that you can point to and be, and be like, yeah, that's okay. a win. Well, I don't think any games are slam dunk games for the Broncos. I just have better faith they can finish better, and Sean Payton will make better decisions at the end of games. But you're making my point is that a lot of these games are coin flips. And so, yeah, there is pressure on Russ because he's going to have to deliver in big moments. Whether or not Sean Payton takes a lot of that off of his plate, he's still going to have to go out there and execute. And like we saw in San Francisco, dude was running for his life. Just, so much so to the point where they had to pull him. Justin Simmons basically won the game on his own in, um, in, in England last year. Yep. I'm thinking this is the game Patrick Sertan wins a game for the Broncos right off the bat. I that's hope they what, win. That is, I think that's he's got the most pressure on him, and I think he's going to come through. I think it's going to be awesome. I think Patrick Sertan is about to have the game of his life when he needs to have it the most. Okay? So I'm pro-Patrick Sertan here, and I think he's going to come through. 3017 Broncos. I'll give predictions whenever I want. You don't wait till the last break of your last show. It's, you feel free to let it fly. You, you, you want to let one rip or not? 27-24, Denver. Walk-off field goal. Will Lutz, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Let's get Lutz. That would be something. All right. Um, this is a wild article about Chandler Jones. We have the quotes and the tweets and the this and the that. If you've missed out on this story, stick around. You won't want to miss the details coming up next. Andrew Mason will be with us after 5 o'clock. See how the Broncos are doing today. The Raiders are, uh, Matt Smith with me. Uh, this is weird with Chandler Jones. Hi, I'm reading from ESPN.com. This came out a little bit, uh, a couple hours ago. Chandler Jones and his latest missive against the team posted on social media late Wednesday night that the Raiders sent a member of a crisis response team to his home before deleting the Instagram story posts. Jones showed a picture of a badge belonging to a member of the Vegas CRT. I'll assume that means crisis response team. And wrote, and this is all caps, 
So he's like yelling. Raiders sent her to my place, said, you need to come with us. You're in danger with a laughing face emoji. Matt, why are the Raiders sending somebody from a crisis response team out to Chandler Jones' house? Because he's having some mental health issues here. And I don't love speculating on this stuff, but it's clear that something's going on here. Let me go on with the other quotes because it's wild. They had me outside in my drawers. LOL, dot, 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 naked. That lady was rude. Then I got to showing her some of them text, and then she switched up. Buddy from the Raiders tried to give me the look like, don't say anything. Now I understand why players turn to social media. At first I frowned upon it, but it's our only outlet. If I didn't do this, it would have been kept under wraps. Anybody interview them and ask why I'm not with the team? Because I don't know. Well, that's what he's been saying for a couple of days. He's allegedly been trying to get into the Raiders facility to work out, but he's had to go to a public gym. Like, there's clearly something is going on. And not to mention, I mean, we're just talking about off the field. On the field, he had his worst career year last year. Off the field, it looks like something mental health is playing a factor here, and the Raiders are probably making sure that he wasn't a danger to himself or someone else. So he's screenshotted text exchange, alleged text exchanges with Josh McDaniels, and then he said later, I won't share anything else. Y'all see how Buddy talked to me. I guess he's referring to McDaniels here. Y'all see how Buddy talked to me like I'm an item. L-M-A-O, look at my text and look at his. He also posted video of himself winning reps in a joint practice with the 49ers. So he's kind of trying to defend himself here. When McDaniels was asked about the situation, quote, personal situation, a private matter he would not discuss. We never really got into those kind of things, so I'm going to steer away from that. Wow. You know what this reminds me of? (laughs) What? Antonio Brown. Mm. That's exactly what this reminds me of. That's the first thing I think. I mean, it's a lot of the similar uh, similar things that are happening here. What I don't understand is he says, look, you know, I never really understood social media before, but this is the only outlet. Okay. 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 Look, like I said, this is the, he's clearly having some mental health stuff going on here. Well, he, it feels he's wrong trying to, to speculate. He's trying to defend himself. Clearly. He's saying he's not having mental health issues. Yeah, well, Antonio Brown said that for ages and ages and ages, and now he's posting nothing but, you know, he's got CTE. So I don't know what to tell you. Well, mental okay. health is no joke. I, I get it. It reminds you of Antonio Brown, but the, the ledger on Antonio Brown's side is way deeper than Chandler Jones right now. Isn't it? Yeah, but it doesn't mean that just because you don't have anything in your past doesn't mean nothing's affecting you in the present, DMAC. Unfortunately, with mental health, it can pop up at any time. You never know what's going on. The guy's on the backside of his career. He's not being, he's not productive. He probably is competing for snaps. He's probably more of a rotation player than he ever anticipated himself being. And clearly, there's some discord with Josh McDaniels. Like, clearly, there's a little tension there. Uh, Obviously. And as we know about Josh, he sucks at handling that. So the big question that I would have, I'll put it out there, ask you, you guys, see what you think. Is this a problem with a player, or is this a problem with the organization? I think a player. I think otherwise we would have heard more. I do. I do. This is, this is, this is personal and private, and like I said, I hope he gets the help that he needs. 
if he doesn't play this week, he doesn't play this week. But, I mean, last year he played and he had zero impact. So I think you're dealing with a guy that's struggling to come to terms with the backside of his career. The team is upset that they had to pay him all that money that they did because they gave him a big contract last year. Mm -hmm. They gave him a big contract. And if you're not performing, clearly they're not going to be happy with you. And one thing we know about Josh is he's not a great communicator when things go rough. So I think you're in a situation here where you've got a player that needs some help but is rejecting the team. And we don't know everything. We don't know all sides of this story, which is why I hate doing this, because clearly there's something going on here, and I just hope that they figure it out. I do. Okay. I feel like it's kind of pointless to speculate until we have more information. Why? Well, it's the, the the you know the other question is well okay it's a player does it seep into the team maybe maybe not is it a big deal maybe maybe not uh, maybe maybe hey listen if there's something going on and he just needs to be gone and away actually it could possibly be a positive for the team like it's, this, it's this just, is just yeah it's just a distraction because in the public forum right but yeah you're right yeah I mean if it's just been a negative vibe and it's it's just not been very positive. The fact that he's not around actually could help the team, not hurt the team, if it's obvious that, you know, hey, something needed to be done, possibly. On the other hand, if this is something that's not like that, if he's uh, held within well regard within the locker room with his teammates, then you look at him like, man, is is this the Raiders imploding even before the season starts? I remember talking to a few guys out there who cover the team in Vegas, who do radio in Vegas last year, and all they were telling us was how unhappy the team was with Chandler Jones. Because, is that right? Because they invested all of this capital in him. Okay. And he, I mean, I don't think he had a sack last year. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I think he had zero sacks, and I think he played in like every game. Okay. He had a really bad season. And so entering this year, I imagine they were probably looking for him to prove to them in the offseason, probably through the way he carried himself, that he's looking to have a big year that he's going to produce and provide some return on investment to that organization. I just don't know that that's going to end up happening. Right now, you tell me, does it seem like Chandler Jones is going to be on the field Sunday? Chandler Jones? Um, no. No, and Adam Schefter with Mike and Mark this morning, you know, said that he that he wouldn't. He's still listed on the depth chart with the Raiders as if he's starting. On the, on the, well, I mean, um, how much does this guy make in a year? On the practice report, on the injury report, it's uh, um, non-football, non-injury related absence from the from the team but not ruled out yet but a guy doesn't practice Wednesday doesn't practice Thursday no, he's not playing the likelihood of playing on Sunday is 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 low well it's not the likelihood of playing on Sunday is even lower when you're coming out and publicly blasting your head coach correct it's, right. it's looking bad Schefter's implying and he's not on the practice report um, so, hey, here we go. He got a three-year, $51 million deal last year that had more guaranteed money than the than the Broncos play, paid Randy Gregory. And I remember people being upset because they were like, well, Chandler Jones is right there. And it turned out, even though Gregory missed games, even in the limited time that he played for the Broncos, he was still the more productive player. Well, I'll tell you this, too, about Randy Gregory. I like Randy Gregory. So do I. Like, great personality. He's a dog. Great fire. Um, you know, he's got some issues with some media people in Dallas that, you know, whatever. So does Prime. <laughs> so, does, so does Prime. I mean, I really like Randy Gregory. Every interaction I've had with him has been nothing but positive. The question is, can he just stay healthy? Can he be strong against the run? I hope so. I think so. Um, and can he be just a demon? He's you know, pretty rush- solid in the run game. Yeah, it's one of those things yeah, that people have stay on the field. been thrown against him over the years. I think he's a unique um, athlete who's had some, 
issues over the years, but he's an easy guy to root for. Uh, maybe Chandler Jones isn't, you know, the same, doesn't appear to be. Wow. Chandler Jones carries a $25.8 million dead cap hit if they have to get rid of him this year. It's wild. Next year, there's an out, and it's only about 12.2, but they're stuck with him. They're going to have to figure this out. Well, then I'm going to hope that this is a distraction for the Raiders. I think it might be. I th- I'm going to hope that this is a, a gargantuan personnel swing and miss. I don't know who advocated for him. I, I would think it's McDaniels. Probably, yeah. I would guess. I mean, you know. Well, I mean, look at it this way, too. The guy who's coming in to replace Chandler Jones is a rookie. So he's going to be playing in his very first game at Empower Field. Okay. So let's have some success from, I don't know, a high-paid left tackle and a highly-paid right tackle. And what it allows you to do. From the Broncos. And what it allows you to do is probably to have a tight end chipping Crosby nearly the whole game. If he's not going to have a bookend on the other side, you probably gamble on letting a rookie go one-on-one with Bowles or McGlinchey, and you probably shade protection to Crosby's side. But you know what? We got breaking news tonight. Travis Kelsey's got a bone bruise. He gave it a shot. He will not play. Not play for the Chiefs. Is Superman vulnerable? Let's go, Lions. Kryptonite? The NFL season starts tonight right here on The Fan. Eat those kneecaps.